I bow to Sri Ramachandra, who is the abode of Lakshmi, who is God on earth, whose smile is as bright as the autumn moon, who is the light of the whole world, and who destroyed Lanka. Canto 2 Packed with Sugriva Though he was quaking inside, Sugriva went up to the fortress gates and roared, summoning Vali to a duel. Vali could not believe his ears. Sugriva must have gone mad, he thought, or else he would never dare to do such a thing. Vali took it as a huge joke and laughed his head off. Sugriva roared again, and Vali thought it was high time that he was taught a lesson, and he went out with an angry bellow. As he charged out of the city gates, he looked like a mountain in motion, and Sugriva's heart lurched with fear, but he stuck his ground, confident that Rama would come to his aid. They came to grips on the open ground, just outside the city gates. Rama and Lakshmana were hidden behind the bushes which surrounded the ground. Rama carefully watched the pair, but the brothers looked so much alike that he was not sure which was Vali and which Sugriva. The latter was no mean fighter, but he was certainly not a match for Vali, who thrashed him to pulp within minutes. Rama was quite helpless and dared not shoot for fear of hitting Sugriva. Poor Sugriva had no choice but to run for his life towards Rishyamukha. He was hotly pursued by the irate Vali, who threatened to kill him if he dared to make a nuisance of himself once again. Rama, Lakshmana and Hanuman now approached to chasten Sugriva, who was literally licking his wounds. Naturally, he was most unhappy about the whole affair and said, Why did you force me to challenge Vali if you did not wish to kill him? You could have told me so in the beginning and spared me from this humiliating defeat. Rama was full of remorse. Having pledged his word to Sugriva, he was bound to kill Vali, and he told Sugriva the reason why he could not shoot. In size and form and even in the way of fighting, both of you were so much alike that I dared not shoot my arrow for fear of killing you instead of your brother. What a tragic mistake that would have been. Never mind, take heart. Lakshmana will put a garland around your neck so that I am able to differentiate between the two of you. Please do not lose your courage. Go once again and challenge him. And this time I assure you that my arrow will find its mark. All of them once, went once more to the bushes behind the arena. Rama, Lakshmana and Hanuman stood behind the bushes while the thick-necked Sugriva bellowed his war cry and strode forth once again like a lion and shouted for Vali in front of the city gates. Vali was in his seraglio at that time and he could not believe his ears. His amorous mood gave way to one of violent loathing. He gave a roar of anger and decided to finish off his foolhardy brother once and for all. Sugriva had been a thorn in his side for many years and it was high time he made an end of him. That way he could keep his sister-in-law Rumi without any feeling of guilt. He knew the laws and he knew that he had done a despicable thing in consorting with the wife of his younger brother. 
who should have been treated like a daughter. He had somehow stifled his conscience all the time with various excuses. But if Sugriva was dead, he would have a legitimate excuse for keeping her. For it was well within the, the dictates of moral law for a brother to marry the widow of his dead brother in order to protect her. Thinking thus, he was about to rush out of the gate when his own wife, Tara, stopped him. My lord, she said, please do not go to fight with your brother now. You have just rushed him and sent him away. How has he dared to come again, almost immediately, unless he's being helped by someone? Our son Angada told me something a while ago. His spies had found out that Rama and Lakshmana, the sons of King Dasharatha, are here in this region, and they have made friends with Sugriva and agreed to help him. I have heard that Rama is a most noble person and a great warrior. If he is helping your brother, you have no chance of victory. Remember that you have done Sugriva a great injustice by throwing him out of the kingdom for no fault of his and appropriating his wife. Please go and make friends with him and agree to take him back and make him Yuvaraja. After all, you are the elder brother and it is for you to set an example. By doing this, you will make friends with Rama also. Please take my advice and do not make an enemy of Rama. I feel very frightened for you. Her plea fell on deaf ears. Wali's time was up and he was drawn to face his brother once again, feeling sure that this time he would kill him. How can I bear to make friends with that arrogant coward? This is the end. I will not brook his audacity any more. As for Rama, I have heard that he is a soul of honor. He has no quarrel with me, so why should I fear him? He forgot that though Rama was a soul of honor, he was also the soul of dharma, and he would never be able to brook such harsh treatment of a younger brother by an elder and the misappropriation of his wife. Tara embraced her husband and prayed for her safety. She returned to her chambers with slow and dragging steps. She had a premonition that she would never see him alive again. Vali rushed out with a roar and the brothers locked themselves in a fierce combat. Sugriva fought with all his might and for some time the only sounds to be heard were grunts and groans. Dharma was watching the fight closely. Perhaps he hoped that Sugriva would manage to defeat Vali by himself. But soon he saw that his friend was palpably awakening and looking around desperately for help. Dharma knew that the time had come for him to do something which he really did not like to do, but which was unavoidable. If he wanted to keep his promise to his friend, he fixed the arrow to the bow and left it with a tremendous twang. It flashed forward and hit its mark with deadly accuracy, and the mighty Vali fell with a groan. He lay on the ground like a fallen god, drenched in blood, yet filled with splendor even in death. Rama and Lakshana came out of the bushes and walked towards the fallen hero. Vali watched them come, and they, when they were close enough, he said, I was fighting with my brother, when suddenly an arrow hit me somewhere and fell me like a mighty tree. I had no quarrel with you, Rama, yet you deemed it right to kill me while hiding behind the trees. 
Why did you do this? What have you gained by it? You are the son of an emperor and said to possess all great qualities. They say that you are valiant, generous and righteous. You are famed of having observed the rules of Dharma all your life. Why have you forgotten your own rules? When Sugriva challenged me a second time, my wife Tara warned me that he might have been helped by you. But I was not afraid of that, since I was sure that you would never stoop to anything unrighteous. You are the king of this land. We are only monkeys living on this small piece of territory and, and fighting over trivial things. Why should you concern yourself with our squabbles? Drama, today you have killed me who am innocent. This act of yours will always be questioned. It is against all the rules of dharma. I know that you have lost your wife and Sugriva has promised to help you. But had you approached me first, I could have aided you without any difficulty. I would have brought her back to you in a single day. I have already defeated Dravana once, long ago. So saying, while he fell back exhausted to the ground, the monkey king was fast losing his strength. Now the question is often asked as to why Rama did this. Why do all our ancient scriptures revel in such dilemmatic situations? They could surely have avoided the whole problem instead of putting their heroes in positions which are so controversial. We find the same thing in the Mahabharata. Arjuna was put in a difficult position of having to slay his own kith and kin. The whole of the Bhagavad Gita is the Lord Krishna's answer to this difficult question. The fact is that in life, we are often placed in such perplexing situations. The way we face these situations would depend on our character and view of life and the type of dharma which we follow. Here the question is often asked as to why Rama did not go and challenge Vali himself. While Miki has taken pains to show us that he was far superior to Vali in strength, so certainly it was not fear of defeat that stopped him from facing him. The reasons why he did not do so are many. Vali was actually a great soul, and had he seen Rama face to face, he would certainly have desisted from fighting and done his best to become his friends. This meant that Rama would not have been able to keep his promise to Sugriva. He had already forged a piece of friendship with Sugriva in front of fire. It is a solemn covenant which could not be broken. Moreover, while he had done the very thing that, for which he was going to punish Ramana, he had abducted Sugriva's wife. The punishment for one who abducted a brother's wife was death. In Rama's embodiment of dharma had to mete out this punishment. Considering all these things, Rama did not go un- and challenge Vali to a fight, for he knew that Vali would immediately have surrendered to him and taken refuge at his feet, and Rama could never resist pardoning anyone who surrendered to him, as we shall see in future. In the war with Ram- Ravana, this meant that he would never have been able to kill him, as he had promised Sugriva to do. These are the reasons why he asked Sugriva to go and call Rami Vali for a fight. Rama waited patiently for Vali to have his say, for he knew that on the face of it, he had every right to berate him. After all, Vali had exhausted himself. 
Jama spoke with compassion in his eyes, even though he put on a semblance of anger. Oh, Vali, you speak of dharma and adharma as if you know all about them, but you fail to see your own misdemeanors. Your younger brother, who is full of good qualities, should have been treated as a son by you. Instead of that, you banished him from his kingdom and misappropriated his wife, Zuma. According to the law of this land, anyone who looks on his daughter, his sister, or the wife of his brother with lust should be punished, and the punishment is death. You have been sleeping with your brother's wife when he is still alive, and thus this violates the eternal dharma. Why do you excuse me of transgressing the law when I have only complied with the law? Sugriva is as dear to me as Lakshmana. I have sworn to be his friend and publicly gave him my word to restore his kingdom and his wife to him. How could I go back on that promise? I have only kept my word to him, nothing else. So why should you accuse me of adharma? You would have done the same if you had been in my position. Vali considered Jama's words and realized that he spoke but the truth. He bitterly regretted his cruelty to his younger brother, whom he should have treated as a son, as Rama said. He also knew that his action in having stolen his brother's wife was despicable. With flowing eyes and choked voice, Vali said, O Rama, you are right. I deserve to be punished. But I am worried about the future of my only son, Angada. Please consider him like your own son and look after him. Please do not let my beloved Tara be insulted by Sugriva. She was a very good wife to me. I realize now that I was fated to meet death at your hands. And that is why I did not listen to her when she begged me not to go. Rama spoke comfortably to Vani and promised him that she would take very good care of Angada. What Angada was to you, he will be to me and to Sugriva. So depart in peace. He stroked Vali's dying body with loving hands and Vali felt a great peace creeping into his soul at Rama's tender touch. He begged Rama to give, forgive him for his hasty words spoken under delusion and anger. Then he lost consciousness. Tara heard that her husband had been killed and she rushed out of the fortress with her son. The other monkeys tried to stop her and said that she should flee from that place with her son in case Sugriva did some harm to them. She spoke scornfully to them. My beloved husband is lying dead, and you expect me to protect myself of what he was his life. Rama spoke comfortingly to Vali and promised him that he would take very good care of Angada. What Angada was to you, he will be to me and to Sugriva. So depart in peace. He stroked Vali's dying body with loving hands, and Vali felt a great peace creeping into his soul at Rama's tender touch. He begged him to forgive him for his hasty words, spoken under delusion and anger. Then he lost consciousness. Tara heard that her husband was killed, and she rushed out of the fortress with her son. The other monkeys tried to stop her and said that she should flee from that place with her son, in case Sugriva did some harm to them. She spoke scornfully to them. 
My beloved husband is lying dead, and you expect me to protect myself. Of what use is life to me after he has gone? I do not want the kingdom, and I do not fear for my son. All I want is to go to him. So saying, she ran out of the fortress gates to the spot where Vali had fallen. She threw herself on his body and cried as if her heart would break. Angada followed suit. Sugriva felt sorely grieved at the scene. So did Rama and Lakshmana. I am Tara, my lord, she said. Why do you not answer me? This hard ground is not a fitting bed for you. Come, let us go back to the palace where I have prepared a silken mattress for you. My heart must be indeed made of adamantine, or else how could it go on beating when you are lying dead? Why did you not listen to me when I begged you not to go? Angada, my dear child, take a last look at your valiant father. Who knows what your fate will be? Rama has kept his promise to his friend and dispatched your father to heaven. Sugriva, the kingdom is yours. Your enemy is killed and you will be reunited with your wife. All your desires will be fulfilled. I hope you'll be happy. So saying, she beat her breast and wept bitterly. It was a most painful scene for everyone. Hanuman went to her and tried to console her. A man reaps the fruits of his actions, whether good or bad. The human body is like a bubble on the surface of the water. No one need mourn for another, since we are all to be pitied. Where is the cause for grief in a world where everything is transient? It is not right for you to think of giving up your life when you have a son to protect. Your son looks up to you and so do your subjects. Angada will surely be king. Let him now perform the obsequies for his father, which is the duty of a son. After that he will be crowned as Yuvaraja. You are a wise lady and you know only too well that life and death are inevitable and this life is most impermanent. This is why a person should always try to perform as many good acts as he can while still alive. Your thought should now be only for your son. Vali painfully opened his weary eyes and saw his brother and said, Sugriva, forgive me for what I have done to you. We were not fated to share affection with each other. Accept this kingdom from me, as well as my son, my immense wealth and great fame. Listen to my last wishes. Here is my son, Angada, dearer to me than my life. Treat him as your own. He will prove his valor in the war with Ravana. Do not forget your promise to Rama. Help him to find his wife. He was prepared to besmirch his own name for your sake for the sake of a friend. So do all you can to help him. My wife Tara is a very wise woman. Take her advice on all matters of statecraft. She's invariably right about these things. And finally, take this golden garland. It is divine and will lose its power once I die. So remove it before my life ebbs away. Take it. I have no further use for it. When Sugriva heard these words of Ali, he started sobbing and all his pleasure at his victory vanished. Vali called his son to his side and said, My child, remember your altered circumstances and obey Sugriva and everything. Accept happiness and sorrow as they come. Do not be too much moved by either.
By now his end was fast approaching. He fell back gasping. Within a few minutes he was dead. Tara was inconsolable. Sugriva too was filled with remorse. Approaching Rama, he said, Rama, you kept your word and Vali is dead. But now I have totally lost interest in becoming king. The death of Vali, the sorrow of his queen and the helpless look in the eyes of his young son have made me lose interest in stepping into my brother's shoes. I have had so many fights with him, in all of which he could easily have killed me at any moment, but he always gave me a thrashing and let me go. I should never have wished for his death. I am a sinner, not fit to rule. I will not break my promise to you. Hanuman will help you, but all I want is to fall into the pyre with my brother and die. Tara also approached Rama and said, You have been separated from your wife, and you know how painful it is to you. Don't you think that Vali feels the same pain as you do? Please do me one favor and use the same arrow on me as you used on my husband, so that I can join him. Rama was sorely distressed by these words and tried to comfort her. You are the wife of a hero, and you should not give way to despair. The Vedas say that everything functions according to the will of Brahma. You cannot overrule the dictates of fate. It is a sole and powerful cause for any happenings. No one can escape its decrees. It is not partial to anyone. Vali has now reached the heavens, which he has well earned through his valor. Rouse yourself from this despondency and ask your son to perform the last rites for his father. Lakshana urged Sugriva to do the needful. A richly decorated palanquin was brought on, on which Vali was placed and carried to the pyre, which Angada lighted. After performing all the rites, they bathed in the river and returned to the city of Kishkinda. All the Vanadas surrounded Rama and begged him to take charge of their affairs, since Sugriva was in a state of shock. Hanuman invited him to enter the city and attend the coronation. Rama said, according to the vow I made my father, I cannot enter a village or city till my fourteen years of exile are over. Let Sugriva be taken to the city and crowned. Turning to Sugriva, he said, Go and take up the reins of government. Crown this young prince as Yuvaraja. Then turning to Lakshmana and the others, he continued, This is the month of Shravana, the first month of this rainy season. Lakshmana and I will spend the four months of the monsoons in some cave in which they can think about fulfilling your promise to me. When the month Ramana, Sugriva went into the city and was crowned. After that, he crowned Angada's heir apparent. He was reunited with his wife and spent the next four months reveling with his wife and the other women in Vali's harem. Rama and Lakshmana went to the hill called Prashravana, where they found a comfortable and spacious cave, which they decided to make their home for the duration of the rainy season. Thus ends the canto called the Pactus of Viva of the Thus ends the second canto called Pactutsugriva of the Kishkindakanda in the glorious Ramayana of the sage Valmigi. Hari Om Tatsat. Vasishta says, 
When the notion of the self is destroyed by withdrawing the fuel of ideas from mind, that which is left is the infinite. From the Yoga Vasishta.